0: Welcome to all of you. For those of you that have not had the privilege of uh, meeting Dr. Ray, I would like to introduce Dr. Ray Garendi. Dr. Ray Garendi is a Catholic father of 10 adopted children, a clinical psychologist, an author, a professional speaker, and a national radio and television host. His radio show, The Doctor Is In, can be heard in over 440 stations and Cyrus XM channel 130. His television show, Living Right with Dr. Ray, can be seen on EWTN Global Network and is aired in 140 countries. His talks combine wit, humor, tons of experience, and the timeless wisdom of the Catholic Church. Dr. Ray dispenses practical practical advice along with a general dose of laughter. We had the privilege of having Dr. Ray speak at our Dynamic Women of Faith Conference Everybody loved him, and we are so excited to have you here. Welcome. Let's give him applause. Welcome, Dr. Ray. Welcome. We're so happy to have you here.
1: Well, Dorothy, I don't understand that because uh, during the talk, you dozed off twice. And um, I I was embarrassed for you. I really was. But uh, once we got you back with us, you pretty much stayed with us toward the end anyway I remember that visiting with the ladies was fantastic I have never had that many women pay attention to me at one time never
0: it was uh fantastic so uh you know Ray we we, we just have a little bit of time with you and there's so much we want to talk about um What's your kind of, what's your, your spin or what's your, what's your view on on COVID and how is your family coping and what's going on with you over there?
1: Psychology will tell you, Dorothy, that a phobia is a fear, a life constricting fear. It interferes with how you function well beyond the actual risk that is a classic definition of a phobia. I believe our response to COVID, now, now as it is now, maybe not in the beginning, we didn't know a whole lot, we had to be careful. But as it is now, as it is continuing, for example, I'll just give you a small example. The governor of our largest state yesterday tweeted that if you go out to eat at a restaurant, you are to put your mask back on between bites. <laughs> yes,
0: yes,
1: uh-huh, oh, no. I know it. So uh, the, here, here's the statistics. Now you see these numbers and the numbers are frightening. Oh my gosh, they just give you these numbers. But the numbers have to be put in context. Example, the CDC, came out, ooh, this was probably about a week or two ago. This is, uh, I think, that, I don't know if this is worldwide. I know it's in the U.S. That if you're under 60 and you catch the COVID virus, which is still uh, one in dozens of chance to catch a COVID virus. Under 60, your odds of surviving it 99.998. Now <clears throat> I understand that the people would not want to catch this virus. Who wants to get the flu? Who wants to get a virus? I understand that. But our media calls it deadly, deadly. Now, what kind of virus is this that is deadly that has a 99.998 survival rate? The other thing, Dorothy, that really bothers me, and I'm speaking to your audience now, we as churchgoers have essentially said, oh, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to church. I'm not (laughs) receiving the Eucharist. We look at earlier Christians. We look at what they put up with. We look at other countries and we admire the martyrs. We say, oh my gosh, they lose their lives. They lose their livelihoods. They are second-class citizens at best. And we, on the other hand, say, oh, no, no, I'm not going to church. Oh, there's a chance. There's a chance I could pick up something that that would have a 0.002 chance of killing me. Um, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you, Dorothy everything I can do. I'm I'm normally a very upbeat guy. That's my natural temperament. It's everything I can do to look at this. And I know that at some point, some of our leaders have said this, and I agree with them. They're gonna look back on how this was handled from a public health standpoint. And and we're going to say, what in the heck were we doing? Mm -hmm. You have to protect the vulnerable. I got that. But in all of human history, you never quarantined the healthy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what we've done. So anyway, that's my rant. I could I could go on and on about this. And I am telling you, I know I have already upset some of your listeners because they don't want to hear this. <laughs> but but that's they, what they, we, they interpret this. But as, that's interpret what we love this, about this guy doesn't you. you. This guy doesn't, care. <laughs> this guy doesn't
0: care about people dying. <laughs> no no, that's what we love about you. So for, you know, so for think those, about this story. So for those people that are have, in afraid and like, how do we stand Um, strong? How do we stand strong? Well, first of all, you recognize reality.
1: Living well psychologically is reality. You look at reality. You don't look at what the media tells you because they're taking these numbers out of horrible context. Oh, yes, Dr. Ray, you're using your numbers. There are other numbers. No, 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 no. I'm using the numbers that are given to us by the etymologists, the, edi- the etiologists, no, that's not right. The epidemiologists and CDC and the World Health Organization. I'm using their numbers. Okay, now, given all that, there's an interesting survey that was done. Now, Dorothy, I don't know if you've got any moms in your audience <laughs> that are under 35. But if you do, they are the most squeamish. They are the ones who are most threatened by the COVID virus. People our age, Dorothy, are less threatened. Maybe we've lived life longer. Maybe we've gone through our own set of risks. But the younger people, the millennials on surveys are the ones who are most distressed by this. And I know, Dorothy, there are moms listening to you and I right now who are not allowed to see their grandkids. I know it. I know it. These young people have told them, no, mom, you can't come here because you went out to the grocery store. So with that said, the odds of someone under 35 dying from COVID is one-tenth the chance, this is in the U.S., of them being murdered. And one fortieth the chance of them dying in an accident. So I want to say to them, if you're that fear-constricted by COVID, don't get in a car, because you have a much worse chance when you're under 35 of dying in a car than in COVID. That's what I mean about standing strong.
0: Okay, so to know the reality. So I, I think what you're you're you're. You know we, we we do have to face reality now we, we we're having a lot of moms here we're kind of asking two questions about you know parenting so we've got covet on the one hand we've got parenting on the other hand um so how do we stay strong as catholic parents in a culture right now that has seemingly gone mad you know we've got um you know just such a crazy agenda in our North American culture, and what can you know moms do to stay strong as catholic moms let's let 's kind of okay shift to the challenges because sure. i i 'm getting questions right <clears throat> left and center, so I hear what you 're saying on the on the covid side you know yes, we do have to be cautious but Yes, we have to listen to reality and not the media, and, and, and not live in fear of what the media is propagating. Let, let, let's make a little shift now towards being a Catholic mom in 2020. Whether it's in you know Michigan, whether it's in Texas or Mississauga or Port Credit, how do we stay strong in being a, a Catholic mom?
1: Dorothy, am I allowed to speak about being a Catholic mom? No, I'm not a Catholic mom. I'm not even female. I have never been in trouble with the law. I'm not divorced. I mean, I can't relate. I probably have no input whatsoever. At least that's what our culture says, right? If you haven't walked in my shoes, you can't tell me. But Have you ever noticed whenever somebody says that, it's always when you're telling them something they don't want to hear. If you're telling them something they do want to hear, they never give you that accusation. They never say, "Well, have you ever had that happen to you?" And then you say, "No." Then who are you to tell me? So I'm going to pretend that I know something a little bit about being a Catholic mom.
0: I guess I should be unisex, right? And a Catholic <laughs> parent, right? I'm identifying as a psychologist. Okay.
1: So. First thing I would say is never before in the history, I believe, of the world have a culture-wide mask mandate for little kids, never. Now, me being a shrink trying to understand little kids, which is about as, well, it's, it's, it's easier to understand wild timber wolves than it is little kids, however, they're going to, some of them are gonna be very scared. Why do I have to wear a mask? Am I going to die? Is mommy going to die? Why are all these people having to wear a mask? Is this something that's gonna kill us, mommy? So, I would tell moms, make sure you tell the kids, no, you're not gonna die and mom's not gonna die. You can say this because the odds are so low. Similar to getting into a car, if you tell somebody you're not gonna die in a car. Well, you're not totally correct because you could, but it's minuscule. Same thing. No, honey, the reason is they got this bug out there and they don't want people to catch it. And so therefore they got some of us all wearing masks and it's gonna pass. That's the explanation. Because I've had already a bunch of kids say, you're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna get COVID, you're gonna die. That's what, that's what we're reading among kids. So, Catholic bombs, stand strong against that. First thing. Second thing is this anything that changes your life circumstances, in other words, you were locked down, uh, you had less places to go. Dorothy, we can't even have our get togethers now because we got to do it over a computer. So, anything that changes that alters your discipline. And usually it alters it for the worse. You become tired. You become more inconsistent. You do a little too much talking. You're frustrated. You go to confession. Bless me, Father. I was so holy before I had children. I I used to levitate, Father. I prayed the rosary in Aramaic. I did, as I dealt on broken glass. That's the way it was before I had children. And now I want to shoot him with a bazooka. Is that uh, that a serious sin? (laughs) So, look at this as a great opportunity to improve your discipline. Now, let me give you some basic couple steps. One, (laughs) less of this, less of this. This is not discipline. If you talk two to 400 words a minute with Gus up to 800, you are throwing ping pong balls at the hull of an aircraft carrier. The child is not going to say, Oh mother, you make such perfect sense. That's why you're the grown-up and I'm the child. This is also clear to me now. Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Michael, row the boat ashore. No. Back this thing up. I'll give you a small example. Let's say you got a five-year-old. The simplest thing to do to discipline a five-year-old, use the corner. Very simple, use the corner. It's a basic timeout. And the other thing is you don't have to measure how they get taller because you've got smudge marks as they get older. You can see where the smudge marks are and then you can date them. And then you see him go on up until he's like six foot six and he's still in the corner, you know, and he's up towards that ceiling. Now, most parents with five-year-olds and Dorothy, I'm going to tell you this, this is, this is probably the majority of parents will say, I can't get him to go he will argue, he will come out, he will throw a fit, he will scream, he will nag me. Am I
0: done yet? I have to pee, I really have to
1: pee. By the way, I have to tell you a story. One of my sons, when he was about six years old, he was in the corner and he said, of course, the standard number one defense, no pun intended. I have to go to the bathroom. My wife said, okay, James, go ahead. And he did right there in the corner. (laughs) He was telling us what he thought of our discipline. I think, I don't know, but it was right there. (laughs) So we said, okay, James, are you done? Now finish up your time. (laughs) You yearn to be free, do you son? (laughs) So, sorry about that. That was our number one problem. So, you use the corner. Now, if the child won't cooperate, now if you got an easy kid, they will. You got an easy kid, you think it's you. No, it's God. He gave you a freebie. He gave you a mulligan round. He said, here, play with this. I'll save the real kid till later. So you think you're God's gift to parenting if you've got an easy kid. But if you got a normal kid, he's going to resist. No problem. Here's what you do. As soon as he leaves that corner, all you do, don't say, don't say, get back in that corner. Now, did you hear what I said to you? You get back in that corner right now. Because you see, the more you do that, the more you lose authority. You're arguing with a five-year-old. So you just wait. Until he asks for something, whatever it is, whatever, a privilege, a book, his stuffed animals, a snack, whatever it is. And you say, oh, no, 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 I I can't give you that. You haven't done your corner time yet. Oh, no, you don't have your sippy cup. That's your favorite cup. No, 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 no. You haven't done your corner time yet. In other words, until he serves that corner time quietly and longer because he disobeyed the first time, you just simply deny everything he asks for. How long does that take to work? For a five-year-old? Hour, maybe two. But what's interesting about that, Dorothy, is after that, most parents are shocked because they'll say, Go to the corner, please. Go to the corner, please. Five words that's it five words and little butkus will go to the corner because he remembered what happened last time so that's first suggestion enforce the discipline and you will be nowhere near as frustrating when parents come to me in my office and they're frustrated 90% of the time it's discipline it's discipline the child's not cooperating parents trying to get him to cooperate They're doing all all the stuff the experts tell you to do. You're supposed to set up win-win scenarios. Active listening, active listening, sticker system with big stickers, a chart using iMessages, and it's all blowing up in their face because they're unsure of themselves that they're allowed to be the authority in their homes. This is, yeah, yeah, this is. It's true. Yeah, no. You know, we had 10 kids, Dorothy. You know that we had 10. And at one point, they were 12, 11, 10, 10, 9, 7, 4, 3, 2, and baby. And I never went home, okay? I stayed away. I went to Canada. I went as far as I could because it smelled in our house. It smelled like a swamp, okay? So I didn't want to go home because some of that smell would get on me. And I remember one time my wife asked me to put the kids to bed and I said, honey, I don't have time for that. I'm writing a parenting book.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, can, I, I've had a couple of go questions ahead. here. I, sure, I ask you go ahead. More? I know I'm all over the, but, but someone says here that I have a, a 25-year-old and I have a six-year-old And there just seems to be so much drama. What could we do to reduce drama? So for the younger children, um, you know, one option, yes, is the the corner. And I've used it successfully myself. Um, But is there a way that you can recommend to reduce drama? That's one question. Another question, a mom is saying that she's got two older kids, 26 and whatever, and that they're refusing to even see her. And is there anything that they can do? So there's all these questions popping up. Do you have any thoughts for either of those son kind of situations?
1: No, no, Dorothy. <laughs> I have no thoughts whatsoever. Because you know, actually, I've never heard of those situations. You're the first one that's <laughs> ever brought that situation up. And it's probably because you're from Canada. We don't have that in the US. First of all, when a parent says drama what they're saying is mistreatment. Drama is not a problem. If there isn't mistreatment, if there isn't tormenting or name calling or arguing or ugliness, that's what the drama is. Mm -hmm. Zero tolerance for mistreatment. The six-year-old, that's relatively easy. Okay, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you torment your 25-year-old brother or sister. Not going to happen. Now, the 25-year-old if that 25-year-old is still living in your house, which I assume is the case, because it's awful hard to have drama if the 25-year-old is living on his own. So if, if it were me, I would say you are not to torment your younger brother or sister in any way at all. And if you do, here's, here's what we're going to have to do. Now, whether you want to fine him a buck every time he does, five bucks every time he does. If you want to say, you you can't live here. If you're going to do this, if I have to live with you mistreating a sibling, I'm not going to allow that. I can't allow that. You're 25 years old. It isn't automatic that you can live here. Now, I tell parents all the time, I'm stunned, Dorothy, at how much they put up with, with these adult children. They put up with disrespect. They put up with lack of cooperation. They put up with no no, uh, aims in life. They're down in the basement playing video games. I mean, they just allow this. The reason they allow it is because they're afraid. What will happen if I set that condition? Where will he go? What if he crashes and burns? I couldn't live with myself. Mm -hmm. He doesn't make any money. All of that. So I would tell them, okay, you deal with a six-year-old with discipline. You you don't torment your older brother or sister. You deal with a 25-year-old as part of your family terms. I'm not going to live in a home where I have to worry about a 25-year-old mistreating a six-year-old. That's not going to happen. First thing. Now, the second one. Kids... Who are adults who won't talk to their parents or who shun their parents or who want nothing to do with their parents or who mistreat their parents? This is more of a pandemic almost than COVID. Hmm. This is so common, you cannot imagine really how many young Oh, it's the number one referral I get. Wow that these young adult children sometimes older adult children, 30s and 40s,
0: mm-hmm.
1: have pushed their parents out of their lives. You did this to me. You made me go to church. You were such a bad parent in my mind. I don't like who you are. We don't agree politically. We don't agree religiously. Therefore, I have minimal tolerance for you. And you know, Dorothy, I know who's listening or else to they this. Say you're a hypocrite.
0: Right, and it's like, okay, oh yeah, I oh, a sinner, yeah. but I'm not a hypocrite. You know, sorry, yes. sorry, go on. I don't mean to interrupt you. So
1: what you do, and, and a lot of the moms listening to us right now, there's no doubt in my mind, they were good moms. If they made mistakes, they were well within the realm of being human. They didn't set out to trash their kids' psyche. Mm -hmm. They're trying hard. They're trying hard to live a moral good life. And these kids turn on them. Dorothy, my most recent book, and this was, was published after I came and saw you guys, was raising upright kids in an upside down world. And I talk about why so many children are rejecting their parents, rejecting their parents' religion, their parents' morals, their parents' lifestyle, their parents as people, You're just rejecting them. One of the reasons for this, this is huge, and I'm going to address this to the younger mobs listening right now. Do not let the culture shape your eight year old. Do not give him a smartphone at age 10. Do not let him have the latest in video games. Do not let him watch unfettered, unbridled TV. All of this will shape who he is. And then one day you'll look at him at age 19 and you'll say, Why does he think like that? I didn't raise him that way. And I say, Yes, I believe you, but you underestimated what did. Mm. So I want to say this to the parents whose kids are rejecting them. First of all, do not be bullied. Do not absorb this and say, I just must have been terrible and awful and evil and bad, especially if you weren't. That's the first thing. I have a son who's 25. His birth mother was a crack prostitute and her drugs and her alcohol fried out his brain. So he's a wayward son. Still loves us, we still love him, but the way he lives is off skittering somewhere. About two months ago, he wrote something on Facebook about mom and dad. And how we never accepted him, how we never understood him, how we didn't treat him right, etc., etc., etc. Dorothy, I looked at this, and I read it. And you know my reaction. I said to myself, "What a bunch of crap!"
0: <laughs> I, you know, I, I really, really appreciate your uh, authenticity and your openness. Um, you know, I myself have faced rejection from, you know, certain you know, family members and it's kind of like, oh yeah, she's the religious one. Why is she publicly religious? Why doesn't mm-hmm. she go pray in her own room? And, you know, calling me all sorts of things just because i am got some leadership skills and I'm trying to encourage other women to be more open about their faith. So, you know, getting criticism and, and you're, as you're saying, not absorbing it and kind of saying, okay, I wasn't perfect, but that's not true right? Um, it's so useful. Uh, there's- um, there's Can I of, share
1: with you something I want to share with you, Dorothy? Because I know you have a lot of moms wrestling with this one, okay? And you can help me on this. By the way, your volume is very low. How do I bring you up? On
0: the, it's actually right on your computer. Uh-huh. Um, you got to turn the computer up on your computer. You, you have to turn the volume up on your computer.
1: Okay, wait a
0: minute. Can everyone hear me? Can everyone hear Dr. Ray? Can everyone hear me? I'm curious. I can barely hear you. Oh, I'm talking loud. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get in trouble because my they wife say
1: would I know how to, to do this, to... but I don't know where she is.
0: Yeah, no. Everyone's saying it's good sound, so it's uh, it's on your computer that your vo- the volume on your computer needs to be turned up. Well, I got the volume on the speaker. Not no, the sure volume... how to do this. Computer. What kind of computer do you have?
1: I hear you enough. I think I can make it out. Okay. All right. Here's what I want you to do for me. I know that we have a bunch of your moms listening who feel that their biggest failure in life has been that their children have left the faith. Mm-hmm. They blame themselves. They wonder what they did wrong. They blame their husband. You know, hey, I wanted to pray the rosary on our knees. You let them sit on the couch. <laughs> yeah. That was the first bit of spiritual sloppiness that started. Yeah, I know. Okay. Now, Dorothy, let's prove to those moms, you and I, together, that their days of beating themselves up are over. We're going to prove it logically. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Just answer yes and no to this series of questions. Is there a God? Yes. Is Christ God? Yes. Was he sinless? Yes. Could he perform miracles? Yes. Did he have a perfect understanding of human nature? Yes. Could he get most people to follow him? No. <gasps> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, I couldn't get all it. you moms, I you think moms. you're better
0: at this than the God man. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. Our
1: Lord himself couldn't get most people to follow him. Who do we think we are? We are asked to do our very best in a culture that is hideous, in a culture that's godless, in a culture that says we're going to pull your kids away in every way we can. So we did that. Dorothy, I got 10 kids. Some of them are going to serve the church. Some of them are probably going to serve time. And now one going to Penn State, the other one probably going
0: to State Penn. <laughs> and then the other going to the Vatican or the seminary, right? That's right. <laughs>
1: we are not their savior, my wife says. We will not beat ourselves up over this. We will pray for them, We will love them. We will accept them in every degree that we can. But we are not going to tie our peace to the decisions they make as adults. That's not going to happen. No. And I, I think that's standing strong.
0: I want to. I want to ask you a question. Um, how, how do you deal with you know? I think you've got them. I've got them. I don't know who doesn't have them. But like, how do you deal with critics? You know, because. I know there's going to be someone that's going to criticize me that I didn't finish the rosary when you came in and that I'm going to finish it after, you know, we're finished. And, you know, I, I, I've had, there are, you know, like women say, you only have two kids, Dorothy, you should, you're no example of what it is to be a good mother, you know, you're not open to life, and they know they have no idea that I almost died, that, you know, uh, I had blood pressure 240 over 120, and I mourn the fact every single day that I, quote, unquote, only have two, you know, and so I have critics, you've got critics, how do you deal with, you know, either family members or the public that criticizes your family, my family, your family for having five kids or one child. How do you, how do you deal with critics? I, I'm just personally very curious.
1: Dorothy, who did our Lord reserve his most severe criticism toward?
0: Hypocrites or Pharisees? I don't know. I'm, you know I'm just, the holier I, I'm than thou. Too, I'm not too smart, there, Doctor Racy. You have to help me. It's all out right. Here. I would have given you the answer.
1: The holier than thou religious people.
0: Okay. He had
1: real problems with them. Okay. And I think among faithful Catholics, that is a horrible temptation, which is somehow I'm holier than you. Why? Well, because you know I go to daily mass and you don't because I have seven kids and you have one because I know the Bible in Aramaic and you don't. That's terrible. Isn't it? That is wrong. That is wrong as wrong can be to do that. I remember one time I was in a evangelical Bible study and they said, why do non-Christians get so upset at us? And the answer always offered was this. Well, they're convicted because they know down deep that we're right and that our morals are the best way to live. And I never accepted that answer because there was another question for me, which is, is it because I'm so holy that bothers them? Or is it because I'm holier than thou? Is it because I come off as spiritually superior to you I've got the light. You don't. I'm in front of Mother Teresa in the line to heaven. I can't even see where you are. You're so far back. Now, most people don't do that, obviously. But like you said, they look at someone like you and say, Dorothy, you only have two children. Why are you doing this, Dorothy? Why did you contracept? And you're thinking to yourself, I didn't.
0: I did. Hey, <laughs> kids, we got. I did not. I did not. I did not. You know, uh, I didn't. You shouldn't <laughs> have to
1: defend yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I just Dorothy. I, I'll tell you what. I, Hold one I, second here. I'm, I'm with you. I'm gonna
1: leave. I'm gonna leave for a moment. I'm gonna get my wife. You're fading into almost nothingness. Okay. I don't know why that is. I'll get her. She'll come and help me. Don't leave me. I'm I am taking won't. these off. I'll be right
0: back. Okay, I will. So I'm just speaking to the moms while Doctor Ray is gone to get Hi. his um, Hi. gone to get his wife. If you have any questions, um, the two questions that I did get, I did ask him. Um, but if there's any questions that I haven't asked him, let me know. I want to thank you all for being here. I really. Appreciate you being here. Um, just scrolling through. My
1: technical consultant is back. She's going to do it. Hold on.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I know,
1: honey. I- oh, no. Oh, there. That's where I went there, too. Oh, that's what I didn't do. Uh, is that me and Dorothy. Dorothy said turn up the volume on our computer.
0: Oh, well, let's see. Okay, can you hear me at all, Dr. Ray? (coughs) Dr. Ray, can you hear me at all? Dr. Ray, can you hear me? Oh, no. <laughs> so for those of you that are still with us here, it's uh, Dorothy Polarski from Catholic Moms Group. There we go. That's her.
1: Oh, that turn this one, one, one down. On. Maybe we had to turn that one down. Maybe it's squealing in my ear. What one? This one. This? Yeah. I love
0: your hand. I can't see. Mm.
1: Mm. That helps.
0: You went down or up. That was up. Huh? Oh, I, I can't take it again.
1: Okay,
0: Dr. Ray, can you hear me?
1: Anything better? Squealing. What's squealing? In my ears. Still? Mm hmm.
0: So Dr. Ray, we have a couple of more questions here. Can you hear me? I want to apologize, everybody. Um, Anyway, maybe let's pray a decade of the rosary while we're waiting for, uh, for Dr. Ray and let's pray for um, you know our Blessed Mother's intercession um, and let's pray a decade of the rosary. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The fourth, the fourth um, mystery, the fourth luminous mystery is the transfiguration. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. um, I'd like to pray for each and every one of you, um, and I'd also like to pray if we could do um, just a decade in reparation for, um, you know, maybe moms that are neglecting the faith, maybe moms that haven't passed down the faith, um, a decade in reparation maybe for, you know, the years that we haven't uh, tried to pass down the faith. So let's pray a decade of reparation uh, for those moms and including ourselves for any years of neglect. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Pray for us, the Holy Mother of God, that we may be worth, made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Pray the um, prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Save us from the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell, Satan, all the evil spirits prowling through the world for the ruin of souls amen um so i'm sorry for these technical difficulties um but you know what (laughs) my mom used to always say one thing she used to always say Nie ma tego złego co na dobre nie wyszło. Nie ma tego złego co na dobre nie wyszło. And what that means in Polish is, there is nothing bad that happens that good doesn't come of it. So I actually see this situation as a blessing because I am sure that something good is going to come of this. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure something good is coming of it. I know it's shortly after three and I know that some of you have to, you know, sign off. Um, I'm just going to give Dr. Gurundi a quick call on his, on my phone here and see what's up and just thank him on our behalf and let him know that um, we're going to sign off and that we're You know, maybe we can schedule another time. I don't know. Ah, okay. So I've got Dr. Gurendi on the phone and he's saying that he can see me um, and that... uh, but can can you speak at all, Dr. Grundy? Can you speak? Like, can, are you coming through? Is your microphone on? I can hear you in the phone, but I can't hear you on the screen. Like, I, I don't have your face. I just have a, a black uh, thing. Maybe what we'll do is, uh, it's, you know, it's 310 and I know that, you're you're you know you're busy maybe if you have some time again in the future we can uh, try this again yeah someone okay hold on just a second someone's saying that maybe i should put you on speakerphone hold on um just to even say goodbye to everybody let me see if i can figure that out on my iphone hold on Yeah. And hold on. Now I need to get. Uh, I need to get some help. Hold on, Michael. Yeah. Can you just come here for a second? Oh, yes, you are. Okay, hold on, hold on. I can hear you now. Okay, so we're just closing off. I've got uh, Dr. Grendy on speakerphone. So, Dr. Grendi, can you say something? Just a goodbye to the moms and... Uh, and we'll, Okay, so go on.
1: I'd like to thank all the ladies for allowing me to visit with them this time and uh, hopefully gave a few nuggets that we can... Uh, Get things rippling in their lives. One thing about just little pieces, they sometimes have a major effect. They set a cascade in motion. So, Dorothy, glad to be with you. And I hope when all of this, uh, well, I don't want to use the word lunacy, but when all of this ends, we can get together sometime personally again. I thoroughly enjoyed being with the ladies.
0: Yeah, so um, thank you very, very much uh, for joining us today. I know that you're busy. Uh, Please uh, give a a big hug to your wife. Um, Maybe you could just fire me off a quick email with the links that you'd like me to share with the moms. And I can send out an email um, to the moms with a specific link to that specific book that you were talking about. So sure. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send that off to our email distribution list within the week, okay? So thank you for your time, and, you. and we'll be in touch. Okay, thank you, Dr. Grundy. Thank you, and uh, thank you, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye. Okay, so (laughs) it's just me and you um, but uh, it's time to, you know, finish anyway. It's uh, 315. I wanted to thank each and every one of you for being here. I know there's a couple of uh, quick questions. and uh, how do you encourage adult children to attend mass? How do you handle preteen girls with fluctuating uh, hormones? <laughs> we say, get out the holy water <laughs> and, and sprinkle your food with uh, holy water and blessed salt. Uh, if if kids are still living um, at home, uh, I think it's you know you've got every right as a parent. Uh, to say that it's part of the deal of of living here. I'm not gonna try to pretend to answer these questions on the behalf of Dr. Ray. I'm not Dr. Ray, I'm not a psychologist, I'm Dorothy Polarski and I'm just a mom and I'm just your girlfriend and that's all I am. Um, But just to summarize a couple of the things that he said, I think number one, he said, maintain your authority as a Catholic parent in the home. Um, if they're living at your at home they're under your authority I think number two he said to be in touch with you know reality Um, I myself personally have been very very cautious with COVID I do use a mask and uh, there have been days where you know I've been nervous to go to mass so I'm not a hundred percent on side with Dr. Ray because I you know I am cautious. So, you know, if you're on the cautious side, that's okay. Um, I think he talked about, you know, discipline and making sure that we're not afraid to discipline just because it's COVID. And I think he also talked very importantly and very loudly and clearly that you and I, we need the Eucharist, right? So let's not be afraid and shy away from going to church and shy away from receiving the very food that we need to be good Catholic moms, okay? So those were some of the takeaways I had. If um, you have any takeaways, anything you'd like to summarize, please do so. Uh, in the chat box, but uh, authority, keeping in touch with reality, um, remembering that we need the Eucharist, remembering that, um, you know, we still have to discipline. I think he also said, you know, sometimes discipline isn't talking about it, but it is actually not saying something, but enforcing what we've already said. Um, So thank you, Teresa, for your encouraging comment. Uh, Thank you, Claude, for uh, coming. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, Judith. Thank you, Carmela. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Chris, for being here. Um, Thank you for all of you that have joined us today. I'm gonna sign off and uh, some of you will know that I'm old, but I'm gonna sing. i'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh and sing a song seems we just get started and before you know it comes a time we have to say so long Um, please when you get an invite share it with everybody if you have any suggestions for speakers um please if you'd ever like to co-host let me know love to have help um and uh i love you all very much uh praying for you in adoration you're you're not alone um jesus loves you our blessed mother loves you i love you and uh hopefully oh i'm not sure Uh, just a couple of people that are coming up um We're going to be talking about in two weeks, I think, the new age. Someone from the Women of Grace is going to be joining us, you know, about the dangers of the Ouija board, the dangers of reading your horoscope, the dangers of going to see a psychic, the dangers of Reiki. Um, So, um, Susan Brinkman is going to be joining us. You know, I I know that uh, a lot of people. Have a spiritual crisis because they're dra- dabbling in the new age. Um, so, we've got that coming up. We also have Patty Armstrong coming up. And Patty Armstrong is going to be talking to us about the media that women consume. Um, I love Patty. You know, she used to be a uh, journalist for the National Enquirer and she used to be a journalist for Women's World and now she's a prolific um, Catholic writer. She um, worked with Ascension Press with the Amazing Grace series. So we've got some great um, moms lined up to talk about some really, you know, important issues. Um, So please, you know, continue to get the word out. We're gonna get the, you know, I always say that we're gonna get the word out through you. Um, So, you know, When you get an invite, share it. So other moms join us. And uh, we're open to suggestions and we're looking for mothers group leaders. Remember, we are on a mission to start mothers groups. The more mothers groups we have, the more moms we can reach. And we're training mothers group leaders. And please, we do need your help. Uh, if there's any way that you can help, either with volunteer time, either with making—I don't know—a tiny donation of ten dollars, fifteen dollars. Um, I, I uh, you know, there's so much work to be done, and our ministry is really quite small. So anyway, love you, Mwah! and uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Okay? And subscribe to our YouTube channel subscribe, subscribe, and please follow us on Instagram, and thanks for your patience today. I'm sorry, you know, for any of the technical difficulties, but I don't have control over everything. So thank you very much, and so long. Any ideas, please send them, okay, bye-bye.